Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're continuing our conversations with the most influential women in barbecue with the Sheriff of Barbecue in Western Australia, Julianne Tyndall Davies. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Jules, it's great to see you again. How are you going? Yeah, good, Ben. Thank you. And yourself? Really good, really good. I've been enjoying the long weekend. How about you? Yeah, absolutely. The weather's beautiful here. Uh, and the long weekend's uh, a long-awaited bit of time off, which is terrific. Yeah, I, I don't know that, uh, that the people like you and I, we really know how to do time off, though, because here we are, we're, we're doing a podcast talking about barbecue on our uh, <laughs> during the middle of our long weekend. Oh, um, you're sounding like a, a, a robot, so I'm, I'm not quite understanding your questions. I apologise. Don't know whether it's your end or my end. Um, but, yeah, um, this weekend um, we have been cooking uh, the rolled roast for the kids and we had some friends over. Um, so, yeah, we um, threw the rolled roast into the, into the Black Beauty and some veggies with the uh, atomic chicken, which we've just acquired um, from uh, Scott Common. And, yeah, so that was very yummy. The girls loved it and so did everybody else. So so you did you put the chicken rub on the pork or did the chicken rub go onto the vegetables? No, I put the chicken, I put the, the pork. Glenn just did a simple uh, salt and dry uh, salt rub overnight on the pork. And um, I decided to play with it, uh, these uh, atomic chicken rubs, and I put the pork um, across the rub, the veggies, as well as their chip salt, um, which is really good, really good. It mm. is, yeah. I've I've, I've um, actually stopped asking for chicken salt down at the shop now, and I just uh, get my hot chips from the shop, and I bring them home, and I put some of that uh, some of Scott Col- yeah. Scott Coleman seasoning on it. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, very nice. I don't think the girls will have their spuds any other way now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So did that uh, did that pork roast crackle up nicely in your in your Black Beauty there? It did. It did. Yeah, very nicely. So yes, everyone en- enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, it's always nice to get a good result on the pork crackle. Mm. Otherwise, it always seems a bit of a disappointment. Yes. Yeah, that's the whole thing about uh, about getting a leg of pork, isn't it? It's got to have that crackle. If it doesn't have crackle, then it's just a piece of meat. Yeah, well, this is right. Nice and juicy piece of meat, but, you know, there's always that disappointment, slight disappointment. Yeah. Well, look, it, it looks absolutely fantastic. So is that is that like a regular Sunday thing at your house to do a roast dinner or was this a special thing you did for Easter? Uh, just a special thing we did for Easter, something different. I've been cooking a lot of barbecue lately, um, so lots of briskets, lots of pulled pork and whatever else have you. So it was nice for Glenn to take over the meat for a change and um, I just, yeah, I stuck with the veggies this weekend. So, yeah, we tend to be having the Saturday or Sunday roast more regularly at the moment, which is nice. Yeah, nice, quick, easy and, um, yeah, super tasty. I was just talking about how um, about how that's the beauty of the designs of your uh, Black Beauty and Stretch Barbecue is that they can do the low and slow barbecue temperatures, but they they can also do the do the higher temperatures of the uh, 
for the for the roast dinners and that sort of thing to get that crackle on that pork. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's you know that's the, the as you say that's the beauty of them. Um, and as I've said to others before, there's I really find no reason or desire um, to inside with the methods that the Black Beauty or the stretch and the stretch can do. Um, the only thing I might put on the kitchen top is um, quick quick boiled veggies. Dare I say it? Um, but yeah, roast is definitely the way to go. And nice, yeah. So, yeah, that is the beauty. And uh, we had a couple drop in yesterday and we sort of asked them what their purpose was in in, in looking at the Black Beauty and, and theirs was mainly pizzas. So everyone has a different reason for, for purchasing them, which is, you know, a lot for low and slow. Um, but this particular couple uh, wanted uh, wood-fired pizzas and just to be able to open her up and sit and enjoy the the um, outdoor heat, you could heat, feel the heat, you know, coming off her quite quite nicely standing back there, which is really good. So, yeah, it suits everyone for a different purpose, I guess, and, and that's the versatility. Yeah. It does, yeah, yeah. So we, we recently, um, just, just sort of segueing on from that, we recently held the, uh, the ABA Rub and Sauce Judging Awards here at Smoking Hot Confessions. And uh, a lot of the guys were super keen to, to have some jagged wood-fired pizzas afterwards. But unfortunately, that weekend was when all the flooding hit Queensland here and half our judges got um, got flooded in and couldn't come. So we ended up with just exactly the right number of people that we needed. And so everybody had to eat twice as much. And so by the end of the day, <laughs> uh, I'd like sitting down and cooking a bunch of pizzas was the last thing on anybody's mind because we'd, we'd just been eating all day. So I'm going to have to save that for next year. But, yeah, wood-fired pizzas in the jacket is a favourite here at Smoking Hot Confessions. Yes, absolutely. I did see your video on that and the rain pelting down. Um, but she was still outside underneath it, which is, yeah, and she would have run hot too. But, yeah, I saw that video with the barbecue sauces. That was an awesome way to judge, awesome way to judge. It was, it was. And while we're talking about that, congratulations on, on uh, picking up uh, runner-up for Pit Builder of the Year in the uh, in this year's ABA Awards. That's a huge achievement. Oh, that that is it, you know, and thank you very much and to everyone who voted for Jagged. Uh, um, that was just phenomenal, you know, to be up against the calibre of, of Pit Builders that we were um, everyone unique in their own in their own right. Um, you know that was that's a huge accolade for us, um, and and one we really really um, were really really hoping for. Um, and to to come runner up was just just amazing, amazing. And gave it gives Glenn the encouragement and the boost that he needs. And when you really look back on all the pits that he's built. There are so many, so many different designs, and you know, as I said, everyone has a different purpose for what or, or reason uh, for what they want to barbecue, and he just seems to meet that every time, which is wonderful. He does, yeah. Now, I've I've actually um, heard rumours of a of a new design that you guys are working on at the moment. What can you tell us about that, or is that still under wraps? Uh, it is still on the um, the ropes. It's just in its final um, testing. We're um, 
So there will be one or two out there and about there very soon. Um, so I'm sure Glenn won't mind me mentioning as it's, you know, it's a go-go. It's basically, um, it's a gravity fed again, but it's a reverse flow gravity fed. So as opposed to how they're designed now with the, the heat source coming directly into the pit um, and basically up and around, um, this one will go up a flue, come in up a flue, um, be drawn back down to the, um, the outlet. Um, so you get that more even easy, um, more e even heat across the, your pit, which would be wonderful. And you don't have that sort of fear of, of that hot spot um, because at the moment the cabinets, obviously, they do have deflectors on them to alleviate the flames coming in and burning a certain edge, but it's always a possibility, whereas this alleviates any any hot spots at all, which, is, which will be amazing. I'm just disappointed I can't work the first one, so to speak. I get the, the prototype again, which is the first one. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to, to um, be giving that a run. Alrighty, so we were just talking about the um, the brand new design that you've got coming out, and it's a reverse flow gravity-fed cabinet, which um, is looking like it's not going to have any hotspots or anything, which should be a fantastic uh, revolution in terms of uh, low and slow yes. barbecue. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, and it'll be much easier to to control and work too because um, Glenn's actually setting up an automatic um, air inlet valve. So you basically, it's like a, a fire board or a smart fire. It'll have one of those boards on it. So you can set it to the temperature that you want and it will automatically adjust for you. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. What's that, a, a PID controller or are you actually like using the smart fire? No, no, no. It's a PID. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Working with a fellow to, um, to build the components and the, and everything with us. Um, a local fellow here and, um, yeah, so it will all be automatic. So think of like a truck engine, um, air valve, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, but an automatic air valve. So it will adjust up and down to the temperature that you set. Sounds like a commercial dream. Yeah, yeah. So no fans, so nothing can go wrong with the fan as such. Um, it's just, yeah, just the, the air will control it. Which oh, will that's be interesting. Amazing. Yeah, yes. Not even a fan in it. Very cool. No, no fan. No. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, well, the, the, the gravities work beautifully without a fan themselves. Um, the only reason I'll pop a fan on there is if I'm overnight, I want to do a cook and, and I want to go home basically or go to bed and, and that will allow me to watch um, the temperature as I go and if I see my meat, um, you know, moving too quickly, I'll just turn it down, um, which is hopefully what you're going to be able to do with this gravity fed of reverse flow gravity of Glens too, um, but without the fan as such. Yeah, right. So is, is Glenn going to be uh, setting it all up electronically so that you can control it from your phone and you can 
put the uh, temps up and down from an app? Yeah, that's the plan. Wow. That's the plan. Yes, yeah. So I think it's, I really think it's the first of its kind, um, a reverse flow gravity fed that's automatically um, controlled or, you know, app controlled. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very cool, very cool. So that's and, very exciting. Yeah, and I've actually heard heard rumours around that you've uh, already pre-sold the first unit. I think it's coming over here to Queensland, isn't it? Oh, it very well maybe. Yes, if there's a Luke over in Queensland, very, very possibly. Ah, <laughs> okay. Um, but that's just one word. Uh, yes. So, and there's another here in Perth that uh, won't be too far behind. Yeah. Ah, excellent. Excellent. Mm. Super, super keen. Yes. So I think Glenn's plan is to um, eventually phase out um, the gravity cabinets that we currently have, like the baby and that here, and all his gravity units will be of that calibre. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. so, so the new ones are going to be superseding the older ones? Quite possibly, quite possibly. I guess it all depends on, you know, I guess cost of the difference. I mean, there's quite a bit more with the electronics and fluing and all those sorts of designs, the, the design. So it'll be interesting to see how everything comes together at the end of the day. Mm. But, yeah. Mm. Well, tell him that what I want to see next is his Asado grills with a similar PID controller, but instead of up and down temperature, it's going to lift and raise the cooking grill over the fire and you can run oh, that from a, from a phone app. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, well, what more could we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or not do when it comes to barbecue. Yeah. Well, he can, he could he could build a remote control base into the bottom of it so you can just sit there with a controller and it just drives itself up onto the back of the truck or something. That would be cool too. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Yes, that would be very handy for even himself. At the moment we load everything or winch everything in um, when we got comps and that sort of stuff into the back of a horse trailer, which is quite handy, um, not having to disassemble the Black Beauty especially with the weight. Um, but, yeah, to have an automatic up the up the ramp away she goes would be awesome yeah very yeah. cool stuff very <laughs> cool now in addition to coming uh runner up in that aba award you've actually uh, also come up with a uh, first place in another award as well didn't you in like in the same week yes yes just before the aba awards were announced um we were notified that we had become we'd taken out um first place in best innovative design um outdoor innovative design which was absolutely wonderful for glenn to um receive um because his innovation is just crazy i don't know how he does it half the time and the second one was we got first in outdoor cooking brand um so that was a bit of a, a pat on the back for both of us really um, Glenn in his design and myself in the in the marketing, I guess. Yeah, so that was that's huge. So yeah, to have those within a week of each other was just is just crazy. 
Yeah, it's been a huge week. I, can, look, double congratulations because I didn't actually realise that there was a second award. I, I just thought that, that was the Innovation Award. But to, to, to pick up the uh, the branding award as well, is that's so good. Yeah, yes, yes. It's it's um, and I guess the jagged brand's been out there. You know, it's going on fourteen years now. Um, so to know that that that's been recognised, and you know, even especially with the ABA with the the jagged, um, is yeah, it's huge, absolutely huge. I well, mean, that's sometimes almost got to make that's almost got to make jagged one of the uh, longest uh, running barbecue smoker manufacturing companies in the country, wouldn't it? 14 years. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, I think we had actually 2010, so probably I've probably exaggerated a little, maybe 12 years, um, okay. 12 going on 13 years, yeah. So, so, you, you, so. <laughs> you might be second only to Silver Creek smokers then as far as I know. Yeah, right. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, so we've, you know, just to be slowly building up that reputation and that name over those years and to have that recognised um, with the APAC award, it was um, basically someone had nominated us. We had no idea. Um, so for someone to think that, you know, we could take those awards out, which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful, isn't it? Mm. Um Cassie Strohmeyer over on Facebook has just uh, said, uh, let's go international now for awards. Yeah, let's go, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. Glenn and I, our, our dream is to go back over to the States and just um, comp hop hop um, because they just have comps, you know, from week to week and town to town and, yeah, to get a bus and just go from comp to comp, that would be awesome. It would be, yeah. Yeah. International. Mm. Well, they have, um, they have, you know, well, they've got so many people, I guess, and the country's so big. They've got, you know, several barbecue competitions happening every weekend. And I, I've chatted to a, to a couple of people who will actually, they'll roll in and they'll do a Friday Saturday comp, and they'll pack up on Saturday afternoon. They'll drive three hundred, four hundred kilometers to the next town, and they'll do another comp on Saturday Sunday, and they'll do two, two long form contests in a weekend. Yeah, well, wow, that's dedication. But yeah, what yeah. A, that would definitely be a trip. Yeah, definitely be a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah we just don't have the population or the teams here, sadly. Um, yes. I mean, I think here in Perth, I mean, the teams over the Eastern States are, are huge. The numbers that the ABA um, bring in for their competitions. But I think the most we've had here in Perth is around about 30 at the BA Brewing Q. Um, and there are a lot of new teams, which is great. I've quite a few teams that had stepped out for a time and come back in. Um, so yeah, Jace does great in, in pulling the, the teams in for the, um, Bruin Q for sure. Yeah. But I'd say, yeah, at any one time. Yeah, they do a great job. Those lads. Listen, we're just going to mm-hmm. take a, a real short break and we'll be back in just a moment. 
Hey folks, I just want to take a quick minute to remind you about Barbicon. It's coming up on July 30, 31, and we're covering both cooks and business owners. So it's a live virtual summit or a virtual conference, if you like. And the Saturday's dedicated to all about cooking barbecue, and the Sunday's dedicated to all about barbecue businesses. And what we're doing, we're bringing the best of the best live into your lounge rooms to help you save money, save time, and become the envy of your friends and family. So what I've got for you today is our first presenter announcement. So the first presenter off the bat is Jules from Jagged. You've seen her on the show before. She's a great friend of the show. She's absolutely outstanding in the barbecue world. And she's the 2020 KCBS International Brisket, I guess, well, it was team of the year, but I guess that'll make her pitmaster of the year for brisket. So she's going to be giving us a live brisket demonstration. That's going to be super cool. The next one to tell you about is Adriano Andrade, the man behind BRZ Foods. He's a Brazilian-born Australian pitmaster who loves to combine all the different Brazilian flavors with the low and slow style of cooking. So he's going to be telling us everything we need to know about picanha. The next presenter to tell you about is Chris Davey from The Smoking Hot Bros. Based out of Brisbane, they're a top performing team, frequent top tens, many trophies, masterclasses, designing rubs, designing and building smokers. I mean, you name it, Chris does it. And he's going to be joining us for BarbieCon and he's going to be teaching us how the bros do their pork ribs. So if you're looking into a uh, into some serious pork rib uh, upgrades, you're going to want to catch his demonstration. And the first of the business presenters announcements, we've got the one and only Aaron Palmer, YouTube sensation, absolutely killing it over there. I believe he's now gone full-time YouTube content creation. So if you're looking to promote your business through video and different video platforms, Aaron's your guy. Everything he knows he's going to be telling us and sharing with us on the Sunday for those business presentations. Our next business presenter is, of course, Andrew Don Patterson from Black Iron Smokers. Now, they recently won the Barbecue Catering Operation of the Year Awards at the annual ABA Awards just at Meat Stock Toowoomba a few months back. And he's going to be telling us the secrets to success for running a barbecue catering operation. So we've all had that idea in our minds. It's very tempting to get in there to, you know, free yourself of the nine to five and get into a barbecue business. So he's going to be there to tell us how to do it. And the last one for this announcement, but of course not the last one for the weekend, we've got Rob and Randy Thraves. Now, if you know anything about barbecue in Australia, you'll know these names. These guys are absolutely everywhere. They are international competitors. They're multiple trophy winning. I believe a couple of grand champions as well. They've got barbecue trailers, barbecue trucks, multiple barbecue joints. They do the smoke and broke barbecue competitions and a couple of others as well. And they're going to be giving us a presentation on planning and executing business growth strategies. So if you're running a business and you want to grow it, you want to expand it, and let's face it, that's what we all want to do with our barbecue businesses, you absolutely have to catch this presentation. So that's just a few of the presenters that we've already got lined up for BarbieCon. We've got about 16 in total, so that's just a taster. Make sure you tune in again next week for the next round and keep an eye on the socials and, of course, the SmokingHotConfessions.com website where we've got a ton of more BarbieCon information there for you as well. See you soon. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at SmokingHotConfessions.com and let's have a conversation. So, Jules, you've been on the show um, a couple of times now, and we've talked 
uh, about all the different things that you do. You're you're a well-awarded uh, competitor. I can see all the various trophies up on the shelf there behind you, looking very shiny there. You were 2020 KCBS International Brisket Team of the Year. You've represented the country. You're building smokers that are getting recognized uh, all around the country in various organizations for design awards and building awards. But as if that's not enough, you've now decided that you're going to jump in and you're going to take on uh, event promotion as well. So I've got a little photo here of a very emotional moment for you. I can see that there. It's uh, it's it's uh, Stefan from the Smoke and Charity Competitions, and he's uh, he's handing you the sheriff's hat. Can you tell us a bit about uh, about how all that happened? Yeah, that was a huge a huge moment for both Stefan and I. Stefan's been running the smoking um, charity barbecue contest competition since two thousand and fourteen. I think he had his first competition here in Perth. I think then it was called uh, the Tongmaster uh, competition, so it was brisket, and he, funnily enough, he won that, um, and he has been promoting um, barbecue competitions ever since here, but he's also um, conjoined with um, Mondo Community Warriors. Now, Mondo Community Warriors is a charity organisation that raises funds through food. And Stefan, um, uh, back in, I think, 15, 16, started bringing, um, introducing and standing beside Mondo Community Warriors in the barbecue competition scene uh, where it raised money for Lifeline, so which is a very important cause um, uh, for many and many that... Um, that yeah, for many. Um, so Stefan, I guess, over time had become a little tired and um, there's a lot to organise and being, you know, the one man, so to speak, many people, volunteers beside him, but um, really he would organise all the competitions. I jumped on board with him in 2018 or 19 and helped him organise Smoke on the Water here, which was um, thankfully, which I, you um, yourself, Ben, came and joined us that year um, in Bayswater and Mo Kaysen was here also with the BEA team. Um, so that was a huge success. And I just love, you know, you know, barbecue in the community is about sharing, is, is about caring and, you know, what better way to raise funds than have people come and get a taste of barbecue, which they can't do um, in many places, um, you know, sort of freely. Um, but what they do here is they, they buy a $5 ticket, um, which goes, those funds go to Lifeline, WA. And then the public can then go and choose a team of their liking. Um, and most teams cook above and beyond um, what they're turning in, those four proteins, um, to serve the public. And, yeah, it's a great way to raise funds. So Stefan was getting tired, long story short, and it was just going to go by and by the wayside. No one was looking at, at carrying it on for him. And I just, you know, there's just such, the, the public 
has just supported um, the concept for years and Stefan's dream and I just couldn't see charity going away from barbecue. You know, barbecue and the community is, is you know, is what it's all about. And if we can help raise funds um, for charity as well as cook and share and whatever else have you, I was honoured to, to pick that opportunity up. So that was him handing over his hat um, to me as sheriff of the smoking smoking team. And I think we held our first comp a month or about a month ago, um, introducing a new KCBS uh, concept of the one meat contest here. So, so yeah, that's what that was all about. Yeah, I've got that as well here. That was um, pork in the valley. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Swan Valley's been uh, Swan Settlers Market have been a great advocate for the charity side of barbecue uh, for the last few years too. Uh, normally it is uh, smoking in the valley in October, uh, end of October, usually the um, uh, Halloween weekend. We run a competition regularly every year there. And um, this year they really wanted a few smaller competitions to, leading up to that. And um, so they jumped on board at the last minute because our previous venue was sadly cancelled um, till next year due to all this nonsense. And um, so Swan Settlers picked up the first KCBS One Meat contest here um, last month. So that was really exciting to see um, that being played out with teams instead of doing the four meats. Yeah. So was that just one cut of pork or did you have different different uh, different pork hand-ins? Uh, well, the one meat contest is is just as it as it sounds is one meat. Um, so the original protein chosen for that contest was pork. And there was a little bit of a uh, learning curve. And with the one meat contest, you can hold two in one day, in one day, but they must be one hour apart before they, they turn in. So we decided to add, um, you know, giving the teams all day basically or most of a bigger, better chance of cooking both proteins. We also um, introduced pork ribs. So the first turn in at 12 o'clock on the Sunday was uh, pork ribs at 12 o'clock and then an hour later uh, they had their pork, uh, whether that was pulled, whether that was just the money muscle, however they chose um, to turn that in. So that gave them a little bit of extra time. So there was two one-meat competitions held in the one day. Yeah. Yeah, and now my understanding of this is that um, even though it's not a full KCBS comps, those scores do still count for um, for that that protein team of the year. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely, it does. And how cool is that? I mean, you go really cool. Yeah, although I mean, it's a great way that the KCBS is rewarding um, top teams or those professional teams that are, you know, maybe lagging a little bit in a particular protein and they can jump onto these one meat contests 
and um, bump those scores up astronomically if they wish because not everyone is going to go out of their way for one meet. It's a big day um, regardless. It's, we, I mean, we've still got to set up and all those sorts of things. Um, so this particular comp um, had 14 teams So there, and they were out of those 14, <coughs> excuse me, out of those 14, there was only two um, um, top teams that played. Yeah. Um, so it gave those teams that have only competed once or twice the opportunity um, to, um, you know, put themselves against these top teams and, and get a, a higher score in those proteins for those that, you know, may have missed out. So it's a great incentive, great incentive to up your scores. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I would imagine that it would also be um, a little less intimidating for, for people who are contemplating getting into competition barbecue. Yeah. So yeah. something like that, you'd, you'd probably see a lot more new teams come in. And so then when you did put on a full KCBS comp, you'd have a fuller complement. Yes, absolutely. And that's the idea is to encourage you know, new teams without the pressure of full proteins and especially brisket because that can always be a bit daunting, um, you know, on a long overnight cook, whereas the one meat they come in in the morning or early, we, we bump teams in at 5 o'clock in the morning and um, their uh, meat inspection was at 6 and team inspection, team meeting at 6.30 they were obviously come 6 a.m. They were able to go off and cook and just have one team represent at the team meeting. So it's it's a race really and it's, it's a good challenge. A couple of teams, um, one team in particular, they chose to only enter one of the meat contests. They wanted to practice their pork. Um, so they they put aside the pork ribs and just concentrated on their pork. Um, so, you know, you don't have to be two in one day. You don't have to do both. Um, but, you know, use it as practice. Use it to up your scores. Use it to introduce new teams. Um, get to know new teams. Help new teams. Uh, it's a great – it was a great relaxed atmosphere to do all that. And we raised um, some funds for Lifeline at the same time because all the smoking comps um, – centre around um, raising funds for charity. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really good, yeah. So how many comps a year does, does Smoke and Charity usually do? Or uh, host, how many do they put on? Yeah, Smoke and Charity themselves. Well, this year we'd be given the opportunity to do a few more that are yet to be announced. Um, but generally we probably do two. Um, or, you know, there was usually the around this time it was uh, smoking in the city, um, but the logistics of, you know, smoking barbecues in the city these days is made it a little bit more difficult. Um, so it's venues like um, Swan Settlers we are hugely grateful and thankful for that we can introduce more competitions. Um, so next week I'm in a meeting um, to have a full Masters in June and um, so that's an additional competition and also there will be another full Masters in August. Uh, these are both yet to be announced or have now been announced. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, yeah. And, uh, and 
as well as those two masters, how many, like, are you planning on doing any more of these single meats? Are we going to see a single meat beef, a single meat seafood on, well, not seafood in KCBS, but uh, uh, not even lamb. Yeah. Chicken. I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's chicken and there's brisket. Um, so, I mean, we all do, a lot of teams do hot and fast these days. So there's no reason why we can't introduce brisket also as a one meat contest. Um, so, you know, as again, that's, that's half the challenge of competing, but we'd obviously have to, you know, look at bumping times, um, to accommodate those that are a little tentative. Um, but yeah, hopefully with the one meet competitions, it allows more smaller venues to to come in and, t- and participate and open their doors for um, barbecue comps to come in and introduce it to the to the locals and you know that sort of thing. You know the, the smaller pubs, I'd love to take a one meet comp into there and you know have the the, the local chef um, compete for you know one meat competition. It's not not that hard. And, um, you know, get the locals putting a team together for that one meet. So the mates competing against each other. Um, yeah. So I think the one meet comps will open the door for smaller venues. Um, we're yet to um, confirm any of those, though, this year. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm certainly looking yeah. forward to those announcements coming out. Now, I think it's Ooh. fair to say... Um, that uh, that the smoke and charity comps between the masters comps and the and the single meat comps um, are kind mm-hmm. of they're kind of the driving force between or at, at least that's the impression I get from here is that they're kind of the driving force between the behind the barbecue scene over in WA would that be a would that be a, a like without tooting your own horn would that be a, a, a fair assessment oh absolutely absolutely for me personally I love competing I love it and I've stepped down this year um, to concentrate on getting uh, more competitions out there through the smoking team, and, and Glenn stepped up this year, um, so he's competing. Um, but yeah, it's definitely my driving force is um, you know to get to have more barbecue competitions and and to to get more people into it and and to share it and that sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential for the WA barbecue scene to sort of to, to, to grow a lot more. And uh, I really think that a lot of the initiatives that you're putting into place um, at, with your work with Smoke and Charity, there's a lot of potential there as well. So, I mean, you've got the, you've got the, the BEA guys, as you were mentioning before, uh, Justin and his team, and they've got the, yep. their, um, oh, the name's escaping me right now. It's connected to the Norco competition in California. Brewing Q. Brewing Q. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. So, so they've got that one. Um, They were doing a backyard, uh, like a backyard series, but I think that I think that's been discontinued. I'm not too sure. Yeah, Um, I'm not too sure at this stage. I'm sure Jason'd love to to keep picking it up, but you know, he's also busy with his own business, so time is the essence sometimes. Mm. Uh, But I guess that's where the one meat comps or and the backyarder um, comps um, are very similar where they can introduce those smaller teams, those teams that are thinking about coming in and that sort of thing. We also have um, um, the Chidlow Chidlo Barbecue Festival, Fran and um, Norm here, that um, run two competitions a year. So I guess WA altogether 
including the one meg comps, we've probably got about, oh gosh, six, seven, maybe eight comps, KCBS comps a year, which is terrific, huge. It is, yeah, yeah. And is there also um, uh, Spit in the Hills or is that or is that the second yes, Chidlow that, one? That's the second Chidlow one, yeah. Okay. So at the end of this month we've got Spit in the Hills. Um, so the auxiliary for that one is something on the spit, uh, hence Glenn practising his role roast on the spit yesterday. Um, so that is at the end of this month, April 30th to May 1st. Um, so that's the first Chidlow and then they have their second barbecue festival um, in September, the month before um, the smoking um, in the valley. Yeah. Very nice. Well, in that case, I, with, I withdraw what I said I want Glenn's next de- design to be. Now I want it to be a spit that's controlled by a PID design where he can turn the speed of the crank up and down from his phone. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God, rocket ship. Yeah. <laughs> now you've um you, you you mentioned before that you've stepped down as a competitor to sort of to move more into the event promotions thing, and uh, yeah. and and Glenn is going to be taking over the uh, the jagged competitive team. Have you got yeah. into his phone? Have you have you like hacked his phone and set a bunch of alarms for competitions and recorded your own <laughs> voice so that it, like at 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 five forty five his phone just starts going. Glenn, trim the ribs. Glenn, trim the ribs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. time to glaze. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's actually stepped away from the smoking hot jagged edge. Oh. And he, yes. Um, he, he's, um, he's running with his own barking gecko team. Oh, yeah. I was not aware of that. Yes, so he's competed once already with Barking Gecko, and this will be his second comp uh, this year. This because I think he was at the Brewing Queue in December. Um, so yes, he's got his own ideas, he's got his own tastes and flavors, and that's a whole new that's a whole conversation. But let's just say um, Glenn's got his own ideas. <laughs> Well then, here's what I want to see. I want to see a Glenn versus Jules cook-off event. Yeah, yeah. That, I want to see that too. Maybe next year we'll both compete and see yeah. who lands. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. That, that would be, be cool. very cool. Yeah, very nice. All right. Well, yeah. look, we're just going to take a short break, and we'll be back again in just a moment. Hey folks, winter is just around the corner, unless of course you're from far north Queensland and it's time for you to start, you know, throwing out your your, your singlets and start pulling on your, your wintertime t-shirts. Whatever it is, we got you covered either way. So if you're down south and you need hoodies and beanies, we got you. If you're up north, like I said, you need that that thick uh, thick winter t-shirt, we got you covered for that as well. It's over on our website, smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop. And we've even got these uh, these beautiful tumblers that you've seen Jules and I both having a couple of sips out of today. They keep the hot drinks hot and the cold drinks cold. So even though it's the middle of the night and you're out there stoking the fires, there's no need to be cold. And you'll also look great with our Hail Mary design, awarded NBBQA's 2020 Barbecue Apparel of the Year design. So head on over there, check them out. It all helps the show. It, every little bit helps us to keep the lights on, keep the show running and uh, do more of these beautiful podcasts that we love to do. So head on over there, check it out, barbecue, smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop. 
You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd Ben Arnott. Alrighty, Jules, we are back now. And uh, just while I've been doing my little blurb about our merch shop, Bree's been commenting in the uh, in the comments here. She says that it would be amazing to see a Jules versus Glenn cook off. So we've been talking about uh, about getting you over here to the east coast to do some uh, some competition classes. We might be able to get uh, to get Glenn to come along, and then we could do like a class on a Sunday, and then a a Jules versus Glenn cook off and live stream it on the on the Sunday or something like that. Would that would be, yeah. That would be fun. That would be very fun. It would be fun. Yes, no, we'd love to come over there. I know Glenn's visited you over there and I'd love to come over myself and meet Bree and, and Evan. And, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, well, it would be In about a year ago that, uh, that, that Glenn was last over here, I think. Mm, it'd be close, I Actually, think, I'd- yeah. I think it was actually in July because I took him to the Smokefest uh, barbecue competition in Majrabah. So it, it would have been July. That's right. That's coming around quick enough. It's May next month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 We are almost there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, as you're aware, the, the third segment of the show is the part where our guest gives a little lesson to our, to our viewers and our listeners. So uh, we've, we've had you talking about brisket before and some other things. So I'm going to throw it over to you now. It could be how to cook something. It could be uh, tips for putting on a great event, whatever you uh, feel that you, uh, that you could share with our viewers and listeners. Um, I, I guess... Um, my tips and everything is is not far past what everyone already really knows. Um, but the thing I find is uh, the the tip is is just to relax, just relax with barbecue. Um, trust your own um, own instincts when it comes to to meats and things like that. And you know, over the years, I've learnt. Um, through through following uh, barbecue pages, whether it's the Smoking Hot Confessions, it's the Barbecue Club page or the ABA. Um, don't be afraid to, to get on YouTube. Please don't believe everything you see on YouTube, but there's some great tips you can get there. And um, just enjoy barbecue and, and sharing it. You know, um, as I said to someone the other day, it's not only the love of meat that keeps us in barbecue, it's the love of people. And the love of, of seeing that smile on their face when you've presented them or, or they've eaten something that you've cooked. Uh, you might not think it's so good, um, but, you know, in, enjoy um, the fact that everyone else does enjoy it. And um, brisket, brisket, again, just just don't be afraid to push it. Um, and you, again, trust your instincts and wait, wait. Barbecue is a, a is a very patient game, and um, yeah, don't be impatient, and just enjoy the 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 atmosphere of barbecue and those around you, and and you know, and invite others in to share it. So, but as I said, that's you know, that's where we all we I think we all in the barbecue community strive for that and that's yeah that's that's where I'm always at to share yeah now there's that's quite a delicate balance there because I mean you're you're a top level performing uh competitive team but you're also always really relaxed and friendly anytime someone comes around like how 
how do you strike that balance? Is there a particular, like, do you guys go through a routine? Is there a, you know, do you burn sage around the, around the comp site? Like what, what is it that you do that, 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 that enables you to stay at the top of the game, but also still be really relaxed and friendly and approachable? I guess, I guess it's knowing your meat. Um, I've cooked a lot of brisket as, as many have. And I guess it's just, you know, it's, it's not being afraid of it um, and, you know, there are times when, you know, you can let it go a little further than what it does. So if you do get that distraction, don't stress. Um, you know, your temps may fluctuate a little bit, but, I mean, my temps can fluctuate, you know, between 275 and 325. So, um, you know, there's a 50-degree variant there. Um, and I personally don't think that there is – a great, um, it doesn't affect your meat or the end of your cook at the end of the day. Um, you know, regardless, I always say at the end of the day, it's your feel, you're going to feel that meat. That's what you're looking for. Um, and you know, brisket can be quite forgiving when you know it, I guess. And I guess that's just, you know, just loving your meat and knowing your pit and, um, yeah, just just relax around barbecue, and it'll work for you. Mm, yeah. yeah. When you say that you can uh, judge the brisket by feel, are you referring to like the the toothpick test? Yeah, yeah. I only ever use a toothpick. Um, I was showing someone the other day how to get. Well, you can't really. Someone's got to get that feel for themselves, but you can give them a general idea. This is what I feel. I, it's ready. Um, and I was using the thermo pen. Now, to me personally, a, a, a metal object going into something hot is going to feel more tender as opposed to a toothpick that's got a little bit more resistance. Um, so I always use a I always use a toothpick to um, test my briskets, and I say what I say is if that you're on taking that toothpick out, if your meat um, resists or pulls or lifts a little bit as you're trying to remove that toothpick, it's not ready. Give it another half an hour. Check it again in another half an hour or 45 minutes. Um, but personally, I feel the toothpick feel is is my ready is my ready yeah and i'm sure many you too yeah i've i've never actually uh considered it before but yeah the of, of course the the metal probes of the thermopens are really smooth versus the textured <laughs> uh the textured surface of the toothpick i'd never actually sort of thought yeah. of that before but that's a that, that's a really interesting tip yeah, so we can it can feel like it's ready with the thermo pen because it's 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 getting hotter and smoother through that meat, but you you feel it again with your toothpick. You can do both, and you'll feel and you'll lift that meat, and it's yeah. So just just be that little bit more patient and wait for that toothpick feel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, one thing I've been talking to people a lot about lately is the idea of a pitmaster logbook. Do you keep a do you keep a logbook of your cooks and write down all your times and feelings and all that sort of stuff? <laughs> like what the? <laughs> uh, no, that, 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 that wasn't what I meant, but I, I, I realised as soon as I said it that it was probably the wrong <laughs> word. No, I meant like um, your, 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 your observations, let's say. 
I used to, I used to be diligent in the, in the beginning. Um, you know, went in at this time, I spritzed at that time, I spritzed with, you know, apple cider vinegar, apple juice mix. Um, mind you, the only thing I would spritz on a brisket is its edges. Um, but, you know, as for pork ribs. Um, but, yeah, I used to be very, very diligent. And, you know, that I would always write that um, temperature fluctuation and all that sort of thing. And um, I guess at the end of the day, you know, doing that for a year or two, I guess you just get the, it just, it's just comes natural after a while. And I don't feel, I, I don't, I don't use it anymore. I don't anymore. I do advise those that are starting out um, to keep a little logbook of their different cooks, different proteins. Um, but personally myself, I'm, you know, I'm confident enough not to have to to use a logbook. I don't use a logbook anymore. And if I do want to look back at something, um, I generally attach the fireboard as a temperature ambient and more. it's more so the pit that I'm interested in as opposed to the meat. Um, the meat I want to read myself and the pit I just want to make sure it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Why do you only spritz the edges on on your brisket? Brisket tends obviously we want to set that bark, um, especially on the top, which is you know is beautiful, and it just gives you that you know added. I, I think a nicely set bark just gives you that nice sort of caramelly, smoky flavour. Um, but the edges I only spritz because sometimes that can dry out a little more. The 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 bark or the top always carries quite a bit of moisture in it anyway, especially if you're leaving a little bit of fat on there. But the edges, we're generally trimming off all that fat so it's left open uh, to the heat and the elements or whatever else have you. And I, I, I find that if I if spritz just the edges, sometimes I'll tip, um, you'll find that you, you, the moisture pulls on the top of your brisket, so I'll tend to tip that off. Um, so that it creates that, continues to create that bark. But the edges, just to keep them soft, because sometimes they can go too dry, and when you're cutting, they'll tear. Um, so just to keep that little bit of extra moisture on your edges, so hopefully um, they don't dry out too much. And when you are cutting, it's not going to tear as some do. Some will, depending on your hot spots and, you know, where you've got a place, it depends on where where that is but yeah what temperature you're running but yeah i tend to only spritz the edges yeah that's a great tip i like that i'm i've, I've written that one down here on my page look thank you very much um that's probably a good point for us to start to uh to to wrap up this episode of the show so give some thanks give some praise to shout outs the people that have helped you out along the way and tell everybody where they can track down jagged Yes. Well, first and foremost, thank you, Ben, for uh, having myself on again um, and uh, amongst all the ladies um, of barbecue. And, um, you know, big thanks uh, to those ladies that encourage myself um, in, in what I do here and whether it's courses or competing and um, being one of the few here in Perth. Um, it's lovely to have the ladies behind um, myself. Um, Glenn, 
um, absolutely. I wouldn't, you know, dragging him off to the first comp. If it, I wouldn't be going again and again if it wasn't for his encouragement. And, um, you know, it's good to see him come in um, on his own this year, which will be good. It'll be good to see how he goes. But, you know, Glenn is always, you know, as I pick things up, whether it be the smoking um, events or whatever else have you, he's he's always there for advice and to um, pick me up if I feel like I'm falling down. So, um, Glenn, absolutely. Um, we've got uh, some lovely friends, some, some beautiful friends in the barbecue community, Lee and Paul, who are part of the Jagged team um, and have been for a few years. Um, they are fantastic. Um, they, they have my back at every comp. But, you know, Stefan for trusting me with the smoke and with his dream and, and um, taking over the smoke and charity barbecue competitions, um, uh, his dream there and keeping those going. Um, that's a huge blessing. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And uh, just remind everybody of your, your website where they can uh, track down some of these fantastic uh, jagged smokers. Yes, our website is up and running, obviously. Um, so it is jagged, J-A-G-R-D. Uh, if you don't know, that stands for Julianne Glenn Richard Davies. Um, jaggedwoodfired.com.au. And on Insta, it's jagged underscore wood underscore fired. And obviously, and of course, we're on, um, we've got a huge, um, we're always um, looking for um, those to join the community in our, on our Facebook, um, Jagged Wood Fired, and in our Jagged Family Group. Um, which we've just hit the thousand in our group, which is wonderful um, to see all those people come in and and love wood fired as much as what we do and share it. Yeah, so it's wonderful. Really- yeah, that's one of my favourite groups on on Facebook. Actually, it's just it's so friendly and down to earth, <laughs> and there's you know there's none of the uh, the ego and the chest beating that goes on in a lot of other barbecue groups. So it's just a no. really nice place to hang out and just talk about barbecue. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to be able yeah. to do that free is really nice. Really nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Look, I think that's a good time to, uh, to wrap it up. So I'm going to say thanks very much for coming on board the show. I realize it's a really busy uh, weekend for you. So I do appreciate you taking the time out of your long weekend and I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Yeah, you too, Ben. Thanks heaps. Alrighty, family, there you have it. That was the one and only Julianne Tyndall Davies from Jagged. What a powerhouse of a lady of barbecue. And as someone wrote in the comments there, uh, where is it here? I'll bring it back up on the screen. The first lady of barbecue. There you go. Everybody needs a barbecue nickname. I think we'll uh, I think we'll put that down there. I I can see Jules in the in the green room there. I think she's just wiping a tear from her eye as uh, as I just put that up on the screen there. So the first lady of barbecue. There you are, Jules. That's your that's your barbecue nickname now. So uh, there it is. She's running all those competitions now as well, the smoke and charity competitions. Of course, the smokers are still being manufactured. There's new designs on the way, award-nominated and winning designs. And they're put to good use and they win the trophies that they using the smokers that they build. So fantastic gear. Check them out, jaggedwoodfired.com.au. Keep Barbicon in the front of your memory because that's coming up soon and grab some of that beautiful, lovely merch over at smokinghotconfessions.com slash shop. We would love you forever. Now that is all there is for today. So until next time, take care of each other.
and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>